You're listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Nazir Jamal and welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com from the east coast of South Africa in sunny Durban. AccidentalMuslim.com is a platform and a movement where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. We hope to add value to your life, so listen up and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So we have another guest here today and his name is Nkosikona Uthman Mpongose or known as Uzi. Nkosikona is a community development activist who is a founder and chairperson of the Youth Interactive, YIA, uh, which facilitates leadership, peer education, career guidance and arts and sports development. He's currently also the executive youth representative for the KwaZulu-Natal Civil Society Organization Coalition, the project manager for the ICANN Leadership Project, which operates under the United States Consulates in Durban Branch, as well as the Activate Station Head of Inc. INK, Inanda, Kwamashu and Ntuzuma region in Itekweni. He's got over 10 years experience in adolescent sexual and reproductive health and is considered a champion of meaningful youth participation and inclusion. And this is exactly why we have him on the show. He's also the chairperson of the Itekweni AIDS Council, uh, youth sector, and is one of eight African representatives for the HIV vaccine network team, uh, which is based in Washington. He's a member of the Community Advisory Board at Caprisa, where he advises researchers and doctors on how to approach young people regarding new HIV prevention strategies. He's also a facilitator at Children and HIV Association, where he facilitates the Adolescence and Friendly Youth Services Program. And in 2006, he was elected as a steering committee member for the 21st International AIDS Conference in Durban Youth Force, which was hosted in that year. In addition to all of this, his, um, in 2014, his community work earned him the Youth Award, Most Resourceful Youth. We're going to talk a bit about that. Uh, that was given to him by Activate Change Driver Organization. Uh, and he, in 2013, he got the Community Award for Gender-Based Violence Prevention by Brothers for Life and the Kaiser Network. Now, Kosikona, or Uzi, as we like to call him, is a Muslim youth community leader as well. He's involved in many interfaith activities in South Africa. In this regard, he also uh, serves in a sport portfolio of the KZN Inter-Religion for Peace and is the Youth District Chapter Leader for the National Interfaith Council of South Africa, or NICSA. So this is many achievements. Uh, he's recently also been participating in the ASRI Future Leaders for a Fellowship Program in Johannesburg. Uh, and I think... This is mainly the reason why we brought him, is that he's such a wonderful character. Uh, he's told me that we've met before and I couldn't believe it, but I'm glad to meet him again then uh, and have him on AccidentalMuslim.com. So, Asalaamu Alaikum, Brother Usman Uzi. Welcome to AccidentalMuslim.com, Devon. Wa Alaikum, Asalaamu Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh, Brother Nasir. Thank you for inviting me and yeah, it, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, wonderful. So where did it all start? Where is Usman Mpungose from? Uthman Ngosikona is from one of the deep rural areas in Ndwetwe, um, uh, but in the north side of Eshowe, ah. that's where the family is from. Um, but then I was, I was groomed and grown, uh, looked after by my grandmother, my two grandmothers. One grandmother was a Christian. And the other one was Muslim. So Nkosikona came from the one that was Christian. And what does Nkosikona uh, mean? Nkosikona means uh, God does exist. Uh, and she had an idea that one day I'll become, uh, I'll actually participate on the royalty of our family because oh. we, we, we lead uh, in Nduato, we have Nkosi of Mpungose at that side. Okay. And the other one believed that uh, one day I'll become uh, 
an example of Uthman, the, 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 the Khalifa Uthman, the work that he has done. And I've tried by all means to live, to live uh, 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 to, to, towards that. You know, funny, I went to school, I started, my grade one was in Kwamashu, um, but then my grade, second grade was in the farm, was sent back to the farm because uh, they wanted me to understand the culture and also understand the language, Zulu. Because uh, Zulu is rich like Arabic, mm. if, if you understand Zulu. And I, I always tell people that even Google cannot translate what you say in Zulu. Because Zulu, <laughs> depa- it's like Same Arabic, true. it's very rich, it can only translate itself. Um, then uh, I came back to Wamashu to, to study my second um, secondary uh, level in high school. Uh, thereafter, I was, I was sent to Mia's farm. I, I, that's where I spent most of my, my life in the boarding school. So how long were you in Mia's farm? I was in Mia's farm for 10 years, um, but I didn't study the whole 10 years. Okay. I did school in Mia's farm for five years. And the other years, I was doing a lot of kitab studies, and then I became the maktab start. I was teaching group one, two, and three, which is Durul Islam, number one, number two. And then also I used to assist uh, Hufaz when they completed Quran to fix their tajweed because ah. I mastered tajweed in Mia's farm. I didn't become a Hafiz, but okay. in terms of reading, I, I was very good in tajweed. So whenever mm-hmm. they will complete, I will then take them through again in Nazri with the tajweed. Yes. So, I mean, then you, uh, you started a career in IT. You did some IT course a couple of years ago. Um, tell us a bit about that. Well, it, it didn't start with IT. I did engineering and related designer in, uh-huh. in As-Salam campus under the Coastal College. Yes. Uh, then when I completed that in 2010, uh, I got bored. Remember, I, I grew up in boarding school, so staying yes. at home is not something that I was used to. Yes. Then I, I just wanted to keep myself busy, so I went to go to IT, technical support. Um, when I was done with that, I, I, I then also went to go do my electrical then again, it, it, I still didn't feel as if I've achieved what I wanted to do because I, I was still at home, I, I was not employed. And then, you know, I, I started this organization called Youth Interactive because yeah. as I was at home, I could see how people were, 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 were living their life. Yeah. And for me to start that organization, I was worried about their time management mm. because I, I could see that they come they come late from high school and then they'll go play uh, especially those that were close by me, they will go play soccer, they will come back late at 8 o'clock, yeah. they eat supper and they try to sleep. Yeah. And for me, I, I questioned myself, when do they get time to study mm-hmm. so that they get better results? Because where I, I, I was, we had two hours of studying before we go sleep. So yeah. I started uh, uh, time, man- time management, uh, but I couldn't work with schools because they would ask me, are you registered? Uh, yeah. Are you under what? Then I, I, I thought of, you know, starting an organization in a formal way so that I'm able to engage with them. So, I mean, that's a, a great background of, of knowledge. Um, and then going into HIV and AIDS, uh, that must have been a, a major shift. What, what, what made you make that shift? The switch from engineering field to social services. Yes. Uh, I, 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 well, I went to engineering because I wanted something to, to challenge me. I love things to, to, I love when things are challenging me. Uh, but then when I was engaging with students in high school, I fell in love with social services because I could see there were a lot of gaps and a lot of challenges that we were facing. And for me, I had all the solutions because I was in the space of influential. 
I was in a space where I could link them to network where they can survive and, and, and you know, overcome the social crimes and social ills that we're facing in schools. Yeah. That's when I started doing my own research uh, on drugs and from drugs I went to HIV, from HIV. Now I'm busy with behavioral change to find out how can we then, you know, uh, starting from primary schools before they go to high school, how can we assist them in growing up so that they don't fall in this in the very same cycle of poverty and very same cycle of ills in special in township because that's where i'm based mm-hmm. yeah so i mean this organization youth interactive what are, what are the goals and has there been success stories with that well yes we do have uh, some few successful stories with with an organization um it we are a team of 15 uh, ten that are five that are volunteering on on as as program managers, mm-hmm. and then we have ten facilitators. We train them to facilitate, and then we use a student. We have like two hundred students that actually facilitate our program in their classes. Wow. So we use peer education, peer to peer system, mm-hmm. where we will teach them leadership, and then they will teach their their peers, and then we come back, we find out how are they doing, and we mentor them into that. Uh, on drugs, we designed a program called Student Against Drug Abuse mm. in 2014. Uh, and at the end of 2014, we were then awarded by International Federal uh, Drug Abuse uh, Organization in Washington. Yeah. And they only picked our work from Facebook. It was amazing because everything that we were doing was to post it on Facebook. And they were like, no, guys, we are seeing what you're doing in South Africa. And, and, and we were sent you know, an, a certificate of appreciation uh, in fighting drugs. So that's one of the the, the, the the things that we always you know brag about to say at least what we were doing someone was watching yeah. though we were sad that our <laughs> our own government were not aware of what we were doing until we, we were picked up by someone far from us <laughs> uh, but then again uh, one of our community radio station called Inanda FM yes. they were also you know very helpful they said no we would like to make uh, make sure that other people within the schools that you're facilitating this, they can hear you. Mm-hmm. So they started sponsoring us our airtime for every month, 750 that they were giving for our, stu- our student to come and present every Thursday. That's you know, great. our slot started from well, with five minute slot. And but because we, we came with a lot of audience, we mm. ended up having 30 minute slot wow. on radio because um, every time we, we pick some student on school and we'll tell a student, please listen to your peers because they'll be sharing you yes. know the ideas on how to make sure that we fight drugs in schools yeah. and crime and all those things so yeah so how does uh, hiv aids and the campaigns of that uh, get involved in this when we were busy with drugs oh, one of the survey we did was that we found out that people when they are hooked up in drugs they are at risk of you know doing anything especially when it's when they are at the age of sexual uh, 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 practice mm. and and most of the uh, 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 most of the things when they do in 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 India's in the risk behavior, they sleep around and when they do that, they are not protected. Yeah. And a lot of them, especially in, in, in their ages, in, in adolescence from twelve years to twenty four, they are the ones that are getting more infected, especially on girls. You know, at, at the at, at the age of twelve, they said five minutes in South Africa one girl child is getting infected with an HIV every five minutes. That's a scary statistic. So that's, 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 that's a lot. In one day, it's 224 sure. girls that are infected. So that hit me hard. And I was like, no, we need to do something. So we started you know, writing proposals to organizations that were doing 
work already, HIV work, and then we were trained as lay counselors. Yes. Um, and lucky one, I think two of two of my team we were Muslim, so we went to Islamic Medical Association. Yes. And we proposed to them, and I was accepted. Then they also trained me further more on uh, HIV uh, programs. And thereafter, I, I further my studies with other accredited organizations that are, are training on, on behavioral change and, and HIV in South Africa. So, Brother Usman, tell us uh, your views on and thoughts on HIV AIDS in South Africa. Is there a progressive trend that is showing the numbers dropping uh, of cases or, or is, there, is there an increase? And, and, and are the awareness programs really effective? Um, well, with South Africa, because I mean we are leading, so it it it's a bit, a bit uh, uh, tricky. But in terms of awarenesses, yes, we are seeing community getting more uh, educated on HIV, and people are coming on 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 board to be involved and to make sure that they also advocate for the new people not to be infected. Mm. Uh, but those are old people. In terms of young people. I don't know whether it's ignorant or is it because the message that is out there is not youthful or is not friendly to them because those are another challenges that we are facing. We are very much trying hard to work with government to say, can they utilize, you know, the language, the slang that is used by young people so that even an advert on, on billboards, on TVs, when they show those things, it attracts them so that they can also get the message across. Mm. So I think the medium language that they're using or the platforms are not user-friendly. So hence, the message is not going across, especially to the young people. Because they are the ones that are getting more infected, new infections uh, in the age of from 12 to, to 24. Mm. So you can just tell that those are high school and, 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 and those are university students which are getting more infected. People that we think they should be aware, I mean, they have internet in their hands, they, yeah. can, they can cool, they can learn things on their palm but Faster they are the one that yeah. are, are, are not getting the message across so in terms of numbers are, are growing very high uh, that's like we I think now we are sitting at uh, 7,500 a week new infections and those are young people um, but on the other hand we, we, we shouldn't ignore the work that is done on the ground especially by those that are getting a message across yeah. especially those that are already infected uh, we are trying very much uh, to make sure that they are given, you know, their treatment. So to make sure that they are, they are, they are able to control the, 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 the disease, not to kill them in the early stage. Yeah. And and also the other problem that I find out, especially on health, uh, it's the terms that they use that confuses the community a lot. Okay. I think that one of the reasons why I joined Caprisa to be the advisory board, to make sure that when they come up with this high you know, medical terms. Yeah. When they go to community or when they're addressing, you know, young people, they use things that it will be easy for them to understand and for them to remember as well. Mm. So mm. I think language is, is a barrier in, in terms of, you know, promoting or, or having uh, a good impact on, 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 on campaigns. And, and getting on the message across. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, and I think that's important as Muslims to play the, that role in those various communities. You know, and speaking about Muslims in these communities... Is there is there a large role of Muslims within the the HIV and AIDS awareness co, uh, co sort of arena, um, or, or is this a reality, or is it just an unspoken topic and people don't want to get into it? Um, well, HIV and is coming to Muslim community. It it's one of the topic that uh, I think it's a very silent topic. 
Um, we do have, a, 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 you know, just few individuals, but those are old people that are playing their part, especially on uh, with the Muslim Aid Program and uh, Muslim uh, Medical Association. Yeah. Um, they're doing, uh, you know, a good job on, on their part, but now young people are not involved, which makes it very difficult for message to go across because we need the message to be across to young people, to young Muslim youth in South Africa, so that they're able to make sure that they also form part of civil society. They're also playing their roles in fighting the pandemic because they have, they are well informed, especially on behavioral, but they are sitting with, you know, a rich information that they can share with the other youth in South Africa. So they they learn from them. Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge gap that they can actually close. There's, there's, there's enough, that they can also share and, and teach other people as well as also they can learn a lot from that because uh, uh, truly speaking, there are a number of Muslims that are getting infected with the disease yeah. in South Africa. But that is not said. I don't know why, uh, but I hope we as Muslims, we start talking about these things, especially in masjids. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, Islam does not say we shouldn't talk about what actually is killing our brothers and sisters. It teaches us that we should learn and teach each other. So... We are learning, but we are keeping the message for ourselves. Mm. So it's high time now we start teaching and making sure that we are ahead and we also, you know, form part of the, the, the world that is we're living in in South Africa. And that's a very valid point in that we in South Africa tend to live in a silo and us and them kind of mentality. But as you said, we're, we're living in a, in a non-Muslim country. So we yeah. have to be engaged. We have to be part of society. We need to play those roles in specific positions so that we can show. Because you know what? Islam has the answers. Yes. We, we actually have all the answers. And you know the critical um, 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 platform that we, especially young Muslims, that can play, in, especially in, in our... We are, we're living in, in, in the place where we are... Or we have system of wards and districts and province. Uh, the wards that we live in, they are thing called Operation Somasake, where government and civil society, which interfaith that's part of us, we, we have a place to come and share what we want and how we want things to be done. Yeah. Those are the platforms that I think young people, if can, they can start availing themselves in those meetings and viewing their voices in those spaces. That's the way to go, to make sure that the message it goes across to other people and also as well as government because they can listen. Beautiful. Now, um, I love it when I hear young uh, people getting awards from big organizations. You've been awarded many accolades. Uh, I'm just going to mention two of them. Uh, as a community award on gender-based violence prevention in 2013 by Brothers for Life and KZN Network. Also a youth award on most resourceful youth in 2014 by Activate Change Driver. How, how has these awards um really motivate you, you to do more? Especially on the Brothers for Life, because that was based on community. Uh, it, they have actually motivated me to do more of, you know, community groundwork and making sure that people are involved. And those that are involved, they are, are, are celebrated. You know, there's an incident that happened beginning of this year. There's, in, in my area, there's a crossroad that has a lot of taxis in the morning and buses. Uh, passes from Intozuma, Inanda, and Guamashu, they actually go across that crossroad. And there's an old person that has a small table that sells you know, sweets and, 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 and snacks for, for, for primary schools. He used the table to actually uh, uh, you know, make his means of, of, of living. But every morning at peak time, he goes in the middle of the road and assists the young, the, the small ones to go across to their schools. 
And when I saw that, you know, I was very touched. I was like, you know, we, we see, because we, it's next to the uh, Texas uh, rank. rank. Yeah. Now we stand there, we, li- we look at this, and no one goes and say, you know, thank you for what you're doing. We don't want to appreciate him. Mm. So I set up with, we sat down with my team and we bought him white gloves. Yeah. So that, you know, he can be visible, you know, when he raises his hand, people can see him. And when we did that, the primary school principal actually saw that and then they started buying a uniform for him. Now he's, a, you know, he's, he's employed in a school to actually do that in the morning and after school. That is the a small act. You know, those were those are the awards that actually, you know, showed that I mean, people actually can see what I'm doing and they are appreciating that. Maybe I also need to look who is doing what and maybe you know show some you know small token of appreciation. It doesn't have to be money. Yeah. You know, a thank you to show that we are aware that you're doing this and you're assisting the community. Yeah. That is what we need. And that's what these awards actually have boosted me to do in my yeah. in my community. And I think by doing that you're giving people dignity. And that's what people want a lot, at the end of the day. A lot. Because I mean from the small act ended up being a, a job for him where now he gets salary. That's you know amazing. so Alhamdulillah. In addition to the work you've been doing, you were quite involved in interfaith programs such as the KZN Interreligion for Peace, and you are a youth district chapter leader for the National Interfaith Council of South Africa, which is a major organization. Do you think some Muslims are well represented in, in these committees, or is there a need for, for us to get more involved in, in interfaith dialogue? Um, once again, when it's come to Muslim youth, uh, we have all these Muslim youth organizations that are vibrant and, and doing a lot of work, but they are all only Muslims organizations. Mm-hmm. You know, they are not forming part of the civil society. They're not forming part of interfaith. And that then makes it very difficult to find Muslims in the space of interfaith. They are, you know, Maulanas, you know, all the speak Sheikh in, in, in the national interfaith space. Yeah. But when it's come to youth national uh, chapters, we don't have Muslim youth rep- representative there, which makes it very difficult even in, in when it comes to uh, contributing to, to make policies of the country. Yes. If we are not in the space to share what actually goes uh, or, or, or favors us as Muslims, it will never form part of our constitution or our public policy because we are not in the space where we need to make sure that we are heard. So Muslim youth are not part of that. Uh, and I wish, you know, those that are, are, are leading youth organizations can start making sure that they're opening space and allowing those Muslims to actually participate, especially on interfaith. Because since I've been on an interfaith space, you know, my life has been a dawah. Because people actually want to know what is Muslims, why are you Muslim, what is a Muslim, why do you do this? And that's a space where they, you know, in the next uh, youth chapter in Durban, and and one of my best friend is from Shembe. Mm. You know, he has respected Islam so much that even when he, when he goes to a restaurant, he will ask them, is this halal? Because my <laughs> friend is Muslim, so in case you know, I buy food and I eat with him, yeah. I need to make sure that he doesn't eat something that is not allowed in his... <laughs> you know, that is a space that it, it, it has granted me to, to, mm. to be able to teach them something new and also to learn from their religion. Because if we don't know why they're doing A, B, C in their religion. How can we then give them doubt? Because we'll be just talking to a, you know, to a, a, a tall wall, mm. not knowing what's happening behind that wall. Mm. Yeah. That's a really, really interesting uh, uh, discussion. Now, uh, one of the more intriguing points when I, when I went through some of your bio and, and is at a young age, 
you've sort of found direction uh, or, or your purpose. Now, accidentalmuslims.com are really uh, sincere about one of our slogans, which is living with purpose. And that's what we're trying to do. We find people who have seemed to be found their purpose. Do you think that's true? And, um, and, and, and do you agree that it's, it was, it's easy for you to find that passion? Or was it a difficult journey? It was indeed a very difficult journey. Um, um, but like I said, I'm, I'm one of the person, uh, people that actually enjoys challenges. Uh, I had to be hit hard in order for me to find my purpose. Mm. Uh, as, as I've shared earlier on that uh, my background is engineering. Even from now, you know, when I, when, when I register uh, for a job, especially on health or sav- social services, they always say, but what are you doing in social services when you've done engineering? <laughs> you know, then I'll tell them that I think social services is a calling. It's something I cannot explain. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy, you know, teaching and, and, and passing the, the information, especially on the field that I'm, I'm more, you know, active on, which is social services, than now going back in, in the mechanics and fixing cars. Yeah. Uh, as much as that is something I love doing it, but I still enjoy more of the HIV world now. Yeah. So it, it it's the community that I grew up that has shaped me because I've seen how people are suffering from those things. And I wanted to make sure that the next generation does not go through what we went through, especially those that are in my age or the peers that I'm living with now. Yeah. So that is what has shaped me to actually start focusing on the peoples that I'm living now. Yeah, beautiful. Now that, that brings up a point that I, I wanted to discuss was the fact that Many young people, when you talk to them and you say, well, you know, there's alternatives, there's space. And they tell you, but there isn't, there isn't. I, I don't know where to look. Um, what would you tell someone like that? The only thing that I, I could say, I would say that, especially young people, we should stop these high expectations in life. I think we're expecting a lot and we're not doing so much to actually get what we're expecting. Mm-hmm. Especially when you finish metric or, or, or tertiary, People expect to just get a job like that. When you are in holidays, especially from high school, when you have were in holidays in high school, you know, start embarking on a volunteering programs. Start volunteering if you want to be a nurse. Go to the clinic. Go and volunteer there in your December. Learn the career before you start studying that career. I think that's where things start falling apart. I mean, start falling on on your favor. You start loving the career path that you want to choose. And you start doing things that you love in order for you to earn means of, of living in, in this world. So I think that that's what I could tell them, that start being involved. Mm. If you are not employed, money is not everything. Mm. Help someone that is under you. Start you know, teaching those that don't know how to do homework. Mm. Start sharing the information and knowledge that you are sitting with. You'll never know where you'll end up or where you, where you, li- you, you lie after that. So. Yeah, so a lot of the, um, the, the the gap that we see between the the elderly generation and the young generation. Mm. I mean, I with my own family, and I see that uh, these new Snapchats and after the Kamiata, I get lost using it. And I, I I'm I'm a fundi at Facebook, but let me I just stop there. I'm still young, right? Mm. But there's this huge gap between the elderly generation and, and this new generation is coming up. So, uh, what role do you think the the elders play in terms of of helping young leaders develop? I'll, I'll speak about myself because. I'm, I'm one of those people that were, were raised up by a single parent. I've, 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 I've never uh, uttered a word father. You know, so I don't even know how it, how it feels like to call someone a father. But I had many fathers. One of them was my imam and others were my, were my ustads. 
you know they were the one that gave me a father figure and they were the one that actually shaped my leadership so there's a, as much as technology is there we still need our elders to guide us to mentor us you know to 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 actually have time with us i know young people don't have time but we we get very happy even when our elders are ignoring us and that's where we start getting lost yeah. so our elders should make sure that they 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 create spaces and time to speak with us because as much as we think we know it all we have all the technology in our hand we still don't know how they manage to live up until their age mm. and we need that wisdom from them absolutely so uh, this, there's many solutions for young po- people to get involved but specifically in south africa um muslim young muslims really need to get involved on a as you said on a strategic level so uh, some of the some of the solutions that you think we could get young people involved and, and as be conscious citizens of south africa uh, well yes they, 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 there's so much that we can do as, as muslim youth especially uh, what we love most if we we are more in sport we can always you know host sports and and go and play with other teams especially whether in township or rural area or in cbds let's make sure that we are in the space if if we cannot host or hold dialogues to talk about muslims or islam let's use sport let's use music let's use facebook that that's that's the platform for us to start sharing what we know and what we would like other people to know about us so we need to use what is at our disposal as young people we need to use technology to actually voice out and and tell tell people and tell tell our story through the technology that we have absolutely yeah. you're only just about i'm going to give your age is that 30 years old right you've <laughs> yes. achieved you've achieved such greatness uh, i admire uh at at such a young age that you've done this and you've taken the opportunity you've seen the you've seen the need you've seen the gap and you've done something and that's that's really remarkable so where to from here what is the future of your organization youth interactive what is the future of mr uzi well i always tell my friend that i that the least uh position that i see myself is being in the parliament of south africa because <laughs> i always aim high yeah. uh i'm really working hard i want to see myself in the sadc uh, parliament where i'll be in the space of public policies or in the african the au the african union, union mm-hmm. to be in that space where i'm able to influence the continental you know development for young people sure. so if I, i'm not in that space sure i should be in in the sadc if not sadc <laughs> thereafter could I, i can be in south african parliament because <laughs> that is where I'm, i i want to see myself in the, in the broader space where i'm able to you know to change and make sure that the next generation you know they're coming in the very you know friendly place for them to be able to live learn and make sure that they enjoy while they are also health in in terms of uh, social issues that we are facing in South Africa but for the organization yes yeah. uh we 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 want to grow uh but again we can never grow if we don't exercise the network that is at our disposal you know doing a lot of partnership uh sharing ideas learning from each other but collaboration it what actually will grow us from in the deep uh, township of Kwamashu right in the national of South Africa. That's uh, a, a real good uh, future for your organization. I wish you well on your own personal uh, goals Inshallah. as well as the wow. goals of the organization. Now we come to a part where, where we always like to get something more uh, personal and interesting. Would love you to share maybe a funny moment in your life uh, that, with our listeners. <laughs> you know when you said that question and I started asking myself and I'm like, yeah, 
it, it it's difficult it's very easy but when you when you think of it it's very difficult funny moment it was when i was actually i didn't want to go to school i didn't want to do anything uh i had 20 rand in my wallet uh, as much as it's funny that i i was able to travel from kwamasho at home to Pretoria, from Pretoria to Free State, Free State back to Joburg, and Joburg coming back home. And when I came back home, I had 500 shares. And I started asking myself, how did this happen? The power of network. You know, on our way coming here, we, we spoke on, on the network. Yeah. Um, I was sitting at home and I, told, I, was, and I was typing on Facebook, uh, I, I want to come to Joburg, who want to host me? I just want to come for a December work. I just want to work and be out of Durban for, 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 for December. And people started saying, those that I started with in Mia's farm, especially in John's respect, they were like, no, please come over, we'll host you. Uh, and then they were fighting, no, 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 we will take you, start from Pretoria, then you can go down to Free State and come back. You know, it was like that. One week I was in Pretoria, the next thing I tapped, I, saw, I told him, hey, I want to go to Jobbing, I'm, I'm bored of Pretoria. And I was hosted. And, you know, I started laughing on my way coming back to Durban. And, and the person that was sitting next to me, uh, it was an old lady. She asked, "What are you, are you okay?" And I started telling her that you know, I had twenty rand to travel around three provinces, and now I have five hundred rand going back home, I and I never used the twenty rand. And I was like, "Subhanallah!" Until today, I don't know how I managed to do that. Mm. But when I think deep of it, it's a power of network, and to make sure that uh, we, we keep our, our friend close and make sure that we don't we don't disconnect with them because we'll never know when we'll need them and when they will need us as well. And work together. Yes, indeed, Beautiful. working together. And a, and a question we ask all our guests is one of your favorite Quranic verses and why? Peter, I cannot recite it if I, 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 I cannot say it. Yeah. But the translation of that, Oh my Lord, open my chest and ease my talk for me. Uh, remove the impediment mm. from my speech so that they may understand what I say. That always become my, my dua as well when, 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 when I'm making dua, when I'm going out, if I'm gonna, especially if I'm going to address people or mm. I'm going to be on the stage and say something. This is something that always gives me confidence to say, okay, I have asked Allah Ta'ala to give me this and I have it, so I just have to roll with it. Yeah. So this is one of my, my favorite in the Surah Toha, uh, from verse 25 to 28, mm. that's where you'll see and you'll find the translation. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's one of the, 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 the verses that actually is my favorite. Yeah. But I, I, I had one, when I was still in school, I used to like the, the one in Surah Baqarah, uh, the one that speaks of uh, Shaitan and, and how he, he was chased out from, from, from Jannah. Because I, I, I about Stakbar, about Stakbar or Karam al Kafirin, that he refused, he refused, bow, uh, and then that how he was then made a disbelief or he was then uh, one of the rejected one, because and when I went when I went deep to the uh, verses, for him, it was not even for him to make a search that we do. It was just for his his cheek chin to touch to, to go down to his chest that was the only power that he was asked to do mm. and because of pride and that's one of the things that i always ask Allah Ta'ala, that as much as i'm i'm you know making i'm i'm, I'm doing so much to to be informed uh Allah Ta'ala should just remove pride from me because Amen. he was well equipped and informed but because of pride he was rejected 
Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And so what are you most grateful for right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for many things. But for one thing that I'm grateful in my life right, in, in at the moment is to have a mother. Uh, yeah, Allah, I'm, she's not a Muslim. And... But for me, she's a Muslim already. The only thing that she's left is for her is she's already a Kalima. Mm. Because everything she, she does, it's in an Islamic manner. Um, and she always tells people that, you know, there's one thing that I, I've learned from my son. Even if when, when her mother, which was my grandmother, when she passed on, because my grandmother was a Muslim, it, it was her mother. Uh, she told everyone in the family, that, you know, when she dies, no one should touch her body, like how no one touched my grandmother's mm-hmm. body until mm-hmm. I was, because I was away. I was actually transported from Chobek just to come home because I was far away. And I told him that no one touches the body because you don't know the procedures. And she told him that as much as I'm not Muslim, I would like to be buried as a Muslim because I saw what happened yeah. on my mother. So I'm grateful, I'm grateful for her, you know, for playing a role of being a father and a mother at the same time. And as much as, as and also for, for being very patient with me. You know, not working as a, as, as a growing man in the house <laughs> and for her not to chase me. So, alhamdulillah, I still make a lot of tua for her to, 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 to actually uh, end up saying the kalima before she passed on, inshallah. inshallah. We yeah. leave that up to Allah. Amen. Absolutely. And uh, she's grown a, a very great young man. Indeed. And that's her, definitely her reward. <laughs> Amen. Well, Jazakallah, thank you so much for having and uh, giving us the opportunity to talk to you this uh, day it uh, it really has opened my mind i wish our listeners uh, that we've learned a lot from you so thank you so much for your time this uh, evening shukran thank you so much for having me as well shukran for listening we hope we added value to your life and that you enjoyed this podcast we hope our guest has helped you live your life with purpose don't forget to forward all suggestions and feedback to info at accidentalmuslims.com and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram You're listening to AccidentalMuslims.com.